When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Bringing you a jam-packed episode. Plenty going on in Gator Nation. Plenty going on in the SEC. Some just live streams coming at you. The show is still going on SEC Network, but uh, of course, we got the Florida Gator schedule for the 2024 season. Uh, the SEC opponents getting released. Texas, Oklahoma coming into the conference. Everything's getting redone right here in the SEC 2024 schedule is going to be this one-time affair, and we certainly get to discuss um, some a major schedule. I mean, this is a really, really good schedule if you want some good brand-name opponents, uh, if you want high-profile games. Uh, so we're going to break it down right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Home and away, we don't know uh, dates for all the SEC teams. Of course, Florida already had an out-of-conference schedule with Miami. Central Florida and Florida State on the schedule. Now you add all these SEC teams to it, and man, plenty, plenty to get into. Also, hey, we got a new commit to talk about, offensive lineman, and uh, of course, uh, you guys uh, probably saw it out there. Uh, but um, I'm going to butcher that last name. It's a German last name. Uh, my, my, you know, my, my pronunciation of German's not all that great, so <laughs> I might call him just Noel P for the rest of it. But Noel Port Jagen, that's where I will go with that for now. That might be the Last time, or one of the last times I'll say his last name here, but uh, offensive lineman commit from Germany. I mean, Gators going overseas to get an offensive lineman commit here. We'll get into that too. And of course, uh, the unfortunate news of Walter Matthews committing to USC, Lincoln Riley and the Trojans uh, overnight last night. So we'll have to kind of take a look at that tight end board that we've been putting together over the last few months and see where uh, Billy Napier and staff kind of pivot uh, for the tight end commit for this class of 2024. So, all right, plenty, plenty to get into on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Before we get to it all, everybody help me out. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Really helps us out on this YouTube version, of course. Subscribe to the podcast version on your favorite podcast platform if you haven't done so yet. Join Gators Breakdown Plus, uh, that Discord server going crazy uh, right now with all the recruiting talk, all the scheduled talk. Uh, I see you guys in there. Thank you so much for being members. If you haven't joined so yet, if you haven't done so, join Keep that conversation going. Really good conversation going on right now on Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. So, all right, let's get to it. I am going to pop it up, and let's take a look. Um, uh, there we go. Oh, got it. And there are the opponents in 2024 for the Florida Gators. 
I went ahead and included just more than the SEC teams as well. Of course, that was put out there, uh, but also included the out-of-conference games that we already knew about uh, coming in. Those were not going anywhere just because of what the SEC was doing. Uh, we were wondering how in 2024, was it going to be eight conference games? Was it going to be nine conference games? Well, we got the eight conference games, and here they are at home. Here's the home slate for the Gators in 2024. I was wondering about that LSU game. Uh, I was wondering, would it be an either-or between LSU and Tennessee? We knew Georgia was going to be on the schedule. But you know they were talking about they're going to try and keep the secondary rivalries. Well, for Florida, from, from, for, for a lot of Gator fans, the secondary rivalry is Tennessee. For some other Gator fans, the secondary rivalry is LSU more so than Tennessee. Uh, but they keep both of them. Florida will play... Georgia, LSU, and Tennessee. You know, those were the three teams that we probably would knew be on the schedule in some form or fashion. Maybe, maybe one of LSU or Tennessee left out, but both of them on the schedule. But let's go to the home side of it right quick. Very, very home, good home schedule for the Gators. If you've got season tickets for 2024, or if you plan on getting them, of course, you got a loaded schedule. You got LSU coming to the swamp, Texas AM, Ole Miss, Kentucky. And then at a conference, of course, Miami. Samford's your cupcake, your kind of throwaway game. And then UCF as well. All those power five opponents coming to the swamp. LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Miami, Samford, Central Florida. So unfortunately, of course, Texas Oklahoma coming in, Texas is going to be an away game for the Gators. So unfortunately, the Sooners or the Longhorns not coming to the swamp, so not really a new opponent, um, you know, coming to the swamp here. But Ole Miss coming to the swamp for the first time uh, since what 2015, and that big upset, real Greer and Jim McElwain and company upsetting the the the, the Rebs uh, the week after they beat Alabama, I believe. Uh, but then LSU, of course, uh, that, that game and all the drama surrounding that game all the time. Uh, we get to play Texas A&M uh, again. Uh, of course, went to Kyle Field last year. Uh, they will return to the Swamp in 2024. Uh, and then, hey, Kentucky, uh, coming and staying on the schedule uh, there. Let's go to the away side. Let's go. Oh, oh, never mind. I'll stay with the home side. Of course, Miami uh, renewing that rivalry with them at a conference game. All the drama surrounding all the recruiting last cycle. Uh, I'm sure that you know, it slowed down a little bit this cycle. But, of course, a lot of those same players Florida and Miami were fighting for last recruiting cycle. It will be big names when Miami comes to the swamp right here in 2024. So, uh, Samford, well, of course, I said throw away game earlier, didn't, but, but a certain uh, last staff had issues with Samford. Uh, so maybe, maybe we won't uh, overlook that one so much, but nah, uh, compared to all these teams, of course, I, I think uh, you kind of overlooked that one. But in Central Florida, they'll be in the Big 12. This is their first year in the Big 12 this year in 2023, uh, but Texas, Oklahoma leave after 2023. But Florida will have a Big 12 opponent in UCF. Uh, when they come to the swamp uh, right there in 2024. So, all right, let's go away. Of course, Georgia and Jacksonville. We knew that was going to be Florida's permanent game. We knew Georgia was going to be on the schedule no matter what. But then the, 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 the big one, the headliner, I think, out of all this, with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the SEC, Florida will travel to Austin to take on the Texas Longhorns. Wow, nah, that's going to be a trip. Well, look, Florida and Texas already had that series scheduled anyway coming up in the coming years. Uh, but we get it just a bit sooner as the Gators will travel to Austin to take on the Longhorns. Uh, and then Mississippi State, uh, that will be another uh, away game for the Gators. 2018 was the last time, of course, Dan Mullen's first year going and playing his former team. Uh, Florida gets the upset win on the road in Starkville. Florida will go 
back to the road six seasons later in 2024 as take on the Bulldogs right there with the Cowbells in Stark Vegas. Uh, Florida goes to Tennessee uh, in, in 2024. So, of course, keeping that game uh, on the rotation uh, right here. And then, of course, Florida State uh, as an away game in 24 as well. So, all right. There we go. There are your 2024 opponents. Um, what you guys think? You know, what you like? I'll go through the let me go through the comments and how we go here. And everybody thinks, um, uh, Harrison says, have a German beer will help with the pronunciation. Yeah, I'll get to that one soon. <laughs> uh, good, good comment there. Um, he does say we got screwed with our schedule, man. I, I tell you what, I, I think all these schedules are pretty tough. <laughs> with, uh, uh, I mean, Georgia got a pretty tough schedule as well. Uh, having to play Alabama, having to play Texas, um, you know, if they finally get a tough schedule. Uh, so uh, William Fisher does mention again, Texas A&M again. Um, yeah, I mean, that one's tough. I, I, I would like something more fresh than Texas A&M again. Uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is. I think it's a very, very tough schedule for Florida, though, of course. I mean, um, LSU, of course, we know that uh, is going to be tough. Ole Miss is a m- much better program than they were. Kentucky, of course, our recent struggles with them. Uh, Miami, we'll see if they can bounce back. Uh, Central Florida is, of course, more, better than they used to be as a program. Georgia, Texas, uh, Texas you know, kind of figuring things out maybe along with, with Steve Carr's Starkeesian. Big year for them coming up in 2023. So we'll see what that means for 24. Uh, Tennessee, see it's kind of the same thing for them. Can they continue on their upper progression, of course, and Florida State kind of the same way for them. Uh, but very tough schedule here, uh, I think, in 24 for Florida. Of course, when you – uh, merge the Power Five at a conference opponents with the SEC teams uh, here. That you know the, the eight that just got announced today. Uh, so it was going to be tough for Florida, regardless, even before coming into this announcement today, knowing who the at a conference teams were, knowing Georgia was already going to be on the schedule, and likely Tennessee and or LSU, uh, and then fill in the rest there. So. Yeah, uh, like I said, the home schedule uh, with LSU, Texas A&M, Miami, and UCF, um, Ole Miss, Kentucky. I mean, um, gr- great home schedule. <laughs> It'd be worth the money that year. Uh, but it's some really good road trips to, to, to uh, Austin, Stark Vegas, and Knoxville. Uh, I mean, I, as I say, Georgia always gets an easy schedule. Georgia's got it pretty tough uh, in 24, having to play Alabama, having to play Texas. They play Clemson non-conference as well. Um, so it's a little much tougher than, than it is in this 23 season for sure. Uh, but you know, for Florida, no Vanderbilt, no Missouri. So your quote unquote easier teams or historically easier teams, of course, uh, not on the schedule right here for Florida in 2024. So, um, it's, uh, certainly noticeable not having that, those opponents, uh, right here. So, uh, I'm going to keep it going. Brandon says br- brutal schedule. I mean, here, here's the thing. Let's just peek ahead a little bit. Let's peek ahead before we go. I just, you know, of course, just react to react to what, what, what we just got, what we got laid out for us. But just think about Florida's situation here for a second. What's Florida going to look like? In 2024, we got we got to play this 2023 season, of course, and we'll see where that goes. But if you start looking at the most important position on the field, and that's going to be the quarterback position, of course. So you start taking a look at that. 
with this 24 schedule. And I still believe Austin Simmons is going to reclassify from 25 to 23. All right, so you'll have him coming going through fall camp this coming up fall, this, this coming up summer, and going through this season. I don't expect him to play much this season unless, you know, just something goes, goes awry. I, I don't expect him being such a young guy. But you get him in the weight room, you get him in the offense, maybe be scout team quarterback throughout the fall. You know, we'll see where it goes. So you have Austin Simmons there on campus already. DJ Lagway, of course, if he stays committed, I expect him to. He'd be a true freshman in 2024. I mean, so if you look at it, you either have second-year Austin Simmons if he reclassifies, which I expect, or true freshman DJ Lagway, if it stays that way. And, of course, transfer portal, I think, could come into play as well. Uh, but I think if you already have Austin Simmons in the fold, DJ Lagway in the fold, you ride with what you got. Uh, now, that's Billy Napier's third year. And can he afford to go with two young quarterbacks? I mean, in year three, there's not many built-in excuses anymore. I don't even think you can fall back on, well, we got a young quarterback if your first two seasons are six and seven and if this season's all not that great. It doesn't really matter what the situation is. So you have Austin Simmons maybe going to Austin, Austin in Austin, playing against Texas. Well, you got DJ Lagway returning to his home state, playing against the Longhorns hosting Texas A&M as a true freshman. So I think if we just peek ahead of just a little bit and the situations Florida would be in, you got a very tough schedule and some young quarterbacks likely on the docket. So Clark Fletcher brings up a good point too. No South Carolina uh, on schedule either. Uh, so no Vandy, no Missouri, no South Carolina teams that we have played for years. Especially Vandy in South Carolina. Once South Carolina came into the conference in the early 90s. Missouri, once they joined the conference in 2012, played those teams every year. And this is what we're going to get in this new SEC look right now. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited for the schedule. I really am. I, I, you guys know, um, not a big fan of cupcake games. I like, you know, I'm ready for the non-conference games as well. But at the same time, I mean, it's going to be very tough. You know, Billy Napier's walked into a situation here at Florida where he's also worked into a very tough schedule, uh, a stretch of very tough schedules. Picking up Utah last year, this year, SEC going to non-conference games, 24 at a conference schedule is already pretty tough. That's life. <laughs> That's life. There's going to be a lot more tough games in the SEC now, especially if they go to non-conference games. So it's just kind of where we're at right now. But, man, yeah, I'm just excited for a lot of good football here in the SEC, here in the conference. And uh, I think we're going to get Alabama and Georgia playing each other in 24. I think that's something to be uh, pretty excited about. Of course, Texas and Oklahoma playing each other. Um, so it was Alabama and Oklahoma playing each other as well. Uh, I think that's what it was. So, uh Yeah. A lot to look forward to. Clark Fudge, a uh, pretty good question here. Dave, is this the last normal year of college football? Yeah, that pretty much is. With all this conference realignment, college football playoff expanding, yeah. I mean, 2023 is the last, quote-unquote, and look, it's already kind of been, as I mentioned, UCF in the Big 12 and stuff already. You know, you got those new teams in the Big 12. With Texas and, Texas and Oklahoma still there for this one season. But you have an influx of new teams in the Big 12. 
I mean, yeah, Clark, I'll say it's still somewhat normal, but it's already been turned on its head in some other conferences already. So we'll see what that means out there in, 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 in Big 12 land. But yeah, I mean, this pretty much uh, as far as schedules goes and who you play and a lot of tradition. Yeah, this is pretty much the, the last normal year, I, I think you can say. Harrison brings up a good point. Normal went out the window with transfer portal and NIL. <laughs> so just think about how everything that's come into college football in the last three, four years. Transfer portal, NIL, all this conference realignment again, college football playoff expansion. I mean, the last three or four years and then the next year or two, I mean, college football has been turned on its head. Certainly not uh, the, the sport we all grew up uh, <laughs> watching and enjoying. So, uh, man, yeah. It is, the, Clark, good point. This, Yeah, this is kind of the last normal year. And as you said, you put normal in quotations because, as Harrison said, yeah, at the same time, it hasn't quite been normal for a little bit now, but little by little, what we've been used to getting chipped away. And, uh, yeah, the next year or two with conference realignment and the college football playoff expansion, yeah, it is. Uh, it has certainly changed. Certainly changing. So, all right, there we go. That 2024 schedule or opponents there. Uh, we'll see. The SEC should announce game, uh, you know, the weeks uh, when these games take place somewhere in the fall during this coming up season. We'll, we should get that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we should get – when these uh, and look, I think we already know. I think Miami's early in the season. Uh, I think UCF's an October game, actually. If that if that stays, I'm pretty sure it will. Uh, FSU at the end of the season, of course. So uh, I think Miami and Samford are, are in the first month. UCF in October, uh, and of course FSU to end the season right there. So we know we know some of those. Of course, Florida Georgia will be last week of October. So uh, we know about four. Uh, of the games and when they'll be played. And then we'll see whatever we'll see what all the other ones need. Do you have back to back road trips? You know, does Florida have to go to Starkville and to Austin in back to back weeks or, or something like that? Uh, so, uh, you know, something we'll have, to, we'll have to look out for when the schedule gets released. But not now, we have the opponents Florida will face in 2024. All right, Gator Nation, uh, let's uh, get to it. Let's turn the page. We got to commit uh, one kind of uh, out of nowhere uh, right here and uh, out of somewhere different. No, and I, I know I'm going to mess this name up because I'm pretty sure I'm not getting it right here. No, Port Jagan, six foot five, 315 pound offensive lineman, the German camp in Gainesville back on June 5th, June 6th. Earn him an offer, commits to Florida as the second offensive lineman and overall ninth commit of the class of 2024. He camped and earned offers at Auburn and South Carolina as well. Uh, and of course, certainly not going to turn heads uh, as a high profile target and, and more of that hopeful diamond in the rough project here at On Three Industry Rankings. Have him as the 1057th overall prospect and 77th offensive tackle, 24 7 sports, admittedly. Did not have him ranked, but, you know, of course, he's he plays in Germany, not in that camp setting of your rivals' camps and your 24-7 camps and your own three camps where all these, um, you know, analyzers, analysts out there 
get to look at him uh, in, in these camp settings, of course, also playing overseas where the the, the competition, is, of course, is not the best. So you take the tape of what you see here. And like I said, had some offers also from Auburn and South Carolina after camping there as well. So, of course, the rankings aren't going to be there. And let's just call him Noel P for the rest of the way. <laughs> so uh, he joins Mike Williams this cycle. Uh, of course, as Mike Williams committed earlier this week for the Gators along the offensive line, uh, Bryce Lovett, Caden Jones from last cycle as high school players recruited to play offensive tackle. Uh, you know, right here, six foot five, three hundred fifteen pounds. One more time uh, is Noel P. Uh, but you know, let's throw Keontae Goodwin in the, the transfer from Kentucky. Uh, this is only his second year overall, as well as another tackle prospect. Uh, it's a young core of offensive tackles uh, in the coming years. But you know, if we use recruiting rankings as our first barometer. Caden Jones, he's the only blue chip from the high school ranks. Of course, Keontae Goodwin was as well, but you know he came in through transfer portal. But the straight high school recruits that this staff has pulled in, Caden Jones being the only blue chip from the high school ranks, you know, just aren't high level prospects straight from high school to point to at this position. So you know you're asking the staff, and I mentioned this in the last episode, to hit on a few lower rated prospects along the offensive line. Uh, they did so well at at, at at Louisiana and the Sun Belt and being able for it to pay off there. Can that pay off in the SEC? They got one to point to that did so well at Louisiana, transferred to Florida and SEC, you know, Cyrus Torrance and play so well. But now you're asking them, you know, with these, if you want to go by recruiting rankings now, of course, that, that's just all I'm going by right here for now. But you know, can they duplicate that? So Corey Bender of Own 3, Gators Online, offers this analysis. He plays left tackle for his team and shows promise as both a run blocker and pass protector. Shows decent technique and does a nice job of pumping his legs when drive blocking. Once gaining leverage and setting his base, does not take long to carve out a lane for the ball carrier. This is a prospect who could receive opportunities as guard as well. Has the ability to play under control. He flashes decent technique for someone playing across the globe. However, football is definitely on the rise in Europe. Year in and year out, especially over the last decade, you're seeing Europeans sign with Division I programs. He's also light in his feet, looks comfortable reading and reacting to edge rushers. There are times he is caught chasing and lunging to the defender getting a step on him, but that can be corrected with just experience. The athletic traits are there, and it does not, does not boast much bad weight either. I also like his ability to sit in the stance, shows a good base when pass blocking, Rarely gets off balance. That part of his game will improve even more as he gets stronger, especially in his lower body. Not a whole lot of film to go off of. However, I think it's important in, uh, in his recent success that he's camped at several schools and majority offer him that day. This includes additional SEC programs in Auburn and South Carolina. So these are fresh evaluations and one Billy Napier staff is certainly comfortable with. And then Steve Wiltfong of 24-7, pound kid he was a dancer he's got really good feet and his mom is is a professional dancer quote smart kid plays for a very good program in germany and i think he'll come more polished than the average european kid florida said he reminds him of osiris torrance napier said he's a clone of that guy he's a great kid fun guy to be around all right, so you take that quote, and of course, uh, you, you, you hope he's anything like Osiris Torrance, a low-rated prospect that gets developed by this staff and goes on to, to have all SEC honors and then goes on to be drafted in the NFL. 
Now, as I, you know, as I completely said before, we know holistic looking at the big picture, you need the top rated athletes, but we don't know which lower rated athletes are going to quote unquote breakthrough. So it could be Noel P is what I'll call him till we get a pronunciation there. <laughs> I don't want to keep pronouncing his last name, uh, but, uh, or Mike Williams, you know, we don't know which ones, but you know, now go, dating back to where the staff has recruited a lot of these offensive linemen since they've been here, you're asking a lot for finding the breakthrough guys. You know, there's not, besides the interior guys, your Najee Harris and Roger Kearney types, you know, it's hard to, you know, point to and say, yeah, that's that guy. You know, those are the guys that, you know, we're going to be relying on. You know, of course, transfer portal, and I think that something the staff is, from what I've been told, okay with hitting for, for, you know, for the offensive line position. They'll continue to hit the transfer portal and then, you know, get guys that are somewhat more developed while they develop this, some of the guys they recruit. Just, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes from here. But two offensive linemen for the Gators right now in this 2024 class. And coming up, we'll, look at, we'll take a look at the visit weekend where Florida's got a couple more coming in that you'd love to uh, get in the fold right here coming up. Uh, Harrison, yeah, I see what you're saying. Kearney wasn't a blue chip. I was talking more of the offensive tackle taps. Uh, so, you know, of course, it, you know, Noel P coming, coming here, um, it's questionable if he's going to play on the inside or if he's going to play tackle. I was labeling him as a tackle for right now. Just saying if you're looking at tackles, there's not many blue chips in that regard. Uh, so, yeah, Kearney, of course, uh, you, you, you know, uh, I'm, I am a little biased to the Northeast Florida kids. So him being from Orange Park. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not going to forget that blue chip. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a big fan of Kearney uh, right here. So looking at it, looking at it, you know, I just love to see, you know, a little higher stature along the offensive line uh, right here, knowing what you have to go up against in the SEC week in and week out. So, all right, let's keep it going. And unfortunately, some bad news to go over right here. And overnight, Walter Matthews, the big tight end target who, guys, I'll admit, I completely felt great about. <laughs> uh, look, in just the last episode of Gators Breakdown, he's just coming off a visit to Florida. And I was, I was hearing good things. Uh, of course, not everything I hear is going to be good. And, of course, most of the things I'm hearing are orange and blue glasses, and, 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 t- and I, I try to at least share the things I hear and, and, and feel good about. Of course, I wasn't the only one. A lot of people out there felt good about Walter Matthews uh, and you know what we were hearing uh, from Gainesville, and he commits to USC overnight. Uh, we wake, I wake up, man. I, what? I get up um, on this Wednesday morning about 6.30. I hadn't even got my coffee yet. Alarm goes off. Of course, everybody, I check my phone like everybody else, and Walter Matthews commits to USC, and at first I'm sitting there looking at. It, I was like, "Is this a this a is this a fake?" I was like, "Come on, man! It, it, it's uh it's six thirty in the morning. I know he's going out west, but we sit there and get this for a a West Coast commit. Now, of course, he's from Georgia, but a West Coast commit at like overnight, early in the morning. I hadn't even got my coffee yet, so I, of course, waking up grun- grumpy already." on this Wednesday morning, but of course, you know, visited USC a couple of weeks ago. Trojans made a huge push. And we knew that uh, we, we talked about that, discussed that made it coming into his official visit to Florida last weekend. We said, okay, well, Florida's got some work to do here. 
USC really impressed. I didn't know it was this deep. I didn't know USC had had nailed it down this much. I made a huge push um, two weekends ago. Would have hoped Florida would have been able to stop that this past weekend, but just a couple days after leaving Gainesville, Matthews commits to Lincoln Riley and the Trojans. I mean, the Gators at one time were the team to beat. So tough pill to swallow in that regard. I mean, you're just straight up losing this battle. Uh, now we'll have to rebound. And there's some good targets out there still. You guys go back to February, and Will and I are talking. You know, we're turning the page from 23 to 24 in this recruiting class. And we threw up tight end. There was so many from Georgia and, and highly rated tight ends from Georgia. I mean, if you got options here, you had options then, you still got options now for the Gators when you look at the tight end board. So let's go through it here right quick and take a look at this tight end position. Now, I left Caleb Odom on there, uh, and Florida's still recruiting him as more of a big-body receiver. Visited this past weekend. Seems like an Alabama lean right now. That one might be too much to overcome looking at the Crimson Tide, but you know he's 68th overall, uh, fourth-rated tight end on 24-7. On three, very, very similar. He's 65th overall, uh, fourth at his position there. Uh, and then you know we'll go down the list some more. Jonathan Nichols, um, the IMG recruit. Tennessee commit. He's 106th overall in 24-7. Seventh ranked tight end. He's 140th overall in on three. They live at tight end there. Originally from the state of Georgia, but IMG. He'll visit Tennessee this weekend and slow down what seems to be some momentum gaining from Florida side dating back to his visit with the Gators. So one option right there. And it probably comes into this too. How many tight ends will Florida take? Uh, at one point, I think the thought was two. Maybe losing Matthews, maybe whittles it down to one. I still think one or two in play. I think if they can get two and the two they want, I don't. I don't think they'll reach for a tight end. And the guys' names that I have listed here, we'll, I'll go through them all. I don't think would be reaches at all. You know, so I think if they can get two, they'll still take two of this group here. The way I look at it right now, as we sit here in June, well, we certainly got to get one. I mean, losing Walter Matthews hurts, but if you look at the rankings here, I mean, Matthews was around this, I think he was 116 overall. And I think with Eccles and Amir Jackson is where I'll go next. I mean, as far as rankings go, you still got some options here to come out even better. And you're going to have to after missing out on Matthews. Amir Jackson was thought to be a Florida-Georgia battle at one time for the Pooler Georgia native, but... Of course, Georgia has a lot to say at the tight end position, but they brought in two tight ends last cycle. Already two this cycle, as well as one of them being the number one overall tight end in the country. So, you know, of course, they can process some out if they needed to, but four tight ends for Georgia, two last cycle, two committed for this one. So that's something to monitor, but Amir Jackson visits Gainesville this weekend, and this is one where Florida just needs to clamp it down, get it done. Miami and Auburn have official visits set for fall. But Amir Jackson, you got him on your campus. Listed as an athlete on 24-7 sports, but he's the 108th overall prospect, the 8th-rated athlete on 24-7, 130th overall on three, 10th-ranked tight end. This is one you've got to get done. He's on campus this week. You've been trending here, too. It, at one time, it was thought maybe to be Walter Matthews and Amir Jackson coming in together. Jackson's on campus this weekend. You know, we can't keep hearing, hey, trending well for this guy, trending well for that guy. 
and either they don't visit and commit somewhere or they visit and commit somewhere else anyway. This is one where it's start it is lining up for you to get this one. So if everything that we hear as far as trends go and look, of course, not everything we hear is going to be true. But this is one where many people also feel good, too. I mean, it could come back to bite us again. But Amir Jackson, I think one, you know, Florida probably needs to push the button on this weekend. Uh, one more name to throw into this to add it today. Tavion Galloway, just the committed from LSU. He's the 245th overall prospect in the country on 24-7 sports. 11th ranked tight end. 306 overall and on three. 18th ranked tight end. But Galloway just decommitted from LSU. And wouldn't you know, not long after the commitment from Matthews to USC, Galloway posted a pic of himself and Billy Napier on Twitter this morning. He's from Ohio originally. Don't have much more than what I saw today. I, I, I was asked about him this morning after Matthews commit. And, uh, of course, you know, with everything going on today with the schedule release and trying to keep up with you know, other options here at the tight end board. I haven't heard much on Galloway yet, so we're going to try and, uh, and, and maybe figure out some more there. But certainly notice him posting that picture of him and Billy Napier this morning. So that's got to mean something, of course. Uh, so don't currently have much there. We'll see if anything more comes from everything with Galloway just decommitting from LSU. Uh, one more, of course, Eric Carner. We talked about him uh, recently, just coming off his visit to Gainesville. 560 rate. 568th overall in the 24-7 sports composite, 28th ranked tight end, 398th overall on three, 26th overall at his position of tight end. Um, from Illinois, really impressed with Florida on this last visit. Iowa kind of been the trending school, but I do think Florida gave him a lot to think about. I think Florida pulled up. I will say this. I think Florida pulled up even with Iowa, Iowa right now. But he's still got that Iowa visit left to go. Texas A&M, Iowa have visits the next couple of weekends. So Iowa's still that school to watch for me. I think Florida did a lot to impress him. I do think it's pretty even right now. So can Florida maybe stymie any momentum Iowa may be able to build if they decide you know, to go the route with Eric Carner? As I said the previous episode, sign me up for any tight end that Iowa wants. I don't care what the rankings say. At that point, everybody, you know, I know, I say it all the time. It's a moniker. Stars matter. But there are a couple of things I think you can overlook in that regard. And a tight end that Iowa wants, okay, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> I am absolutely good uh, with that one there. So there's your kind of tight, uh, look at tight end. We'll see if the board expands a little bit. Those are the big names I think we start looking at, especially with Amir Jackson coming on campus this weekend, I think is a, certainly a player that we really can start looking for um, this weekend, monitor that one. Hopefully, that's one coming out of this weekend uh, that I think, you know, hopefully Florida wraps up uh, at this position to at least get one and maybe stay with one the rest of the cycle, but at least get one coming out of this weekend. All right, let me go. Let's go back to these comments here. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Uh, Harrison Sanchez, I think you're asking with a silent commit for uh, Walter Matthews. That uh, looks looks like it. Um, I have heard that uh, as well, so we'll see what the, you know, any more comes out about that. Um, Hunter says, I don't believe in silent commits. Yeah, I mean, it's bit Florida pretty good, especially last cycle. Right now, this cycle too, if that's true for Walter Matthews. Um, so, yeah, 
I mean, look, USC, of course, has a lot to sell. Lincoln Riley has a lot to sell. I mean, don't get me wrong. They don't use tight ends like crazy. I mean, that's not some tight end use. It's not like Georgia, how they use their tight ends. Um, they've had some success with tight ends there, but it's not like this. You know, I mean, look, of course, I know Billy Napier's got a lot to sell at the tight end position as well, or has a lot that he needs to sell to, you know, to be able to bring tight ends. And maybe it's just waiting for that tight end that's the ultimate weapon to maybe break through and start passing the ball to the tight end. Uh, so, of course, he's got to sell his vision to tight ends as well. Uh, but, you know, with all the options, I think, you know, some being from the state of Georgia, uh, some local, you know, some, some closer options here, try to get him to stay closer to home. But, yeah, I think you, you've, you, you've got, a, got, got a nail in mirror this week. I got to. I, I think that's the one you started got looking out for. Um, I think Steve Beckerman brings up a good point. Yes, uh, you're right. Uh, Eccles' sister either plays or played softball uh, for the Gators. Uh, so, yeah, a connection there, uh, <laughs> of course. Um, so hopefully what? You know, hopefully that uh, that comes through for the Gators as well. Fred K says, I don't trust any IMG recruiting unless it's signed. I would never believe <laughs> in IMG recruitment. Uh, yeah, it, it has turned better for Florida under Billy Napier, but still uh, probably not where it could and should be. Um, so, all right. There we go. Continuing uh, looking at the tight end board right here for the Gators and where we could go next and get that commitment. So, all right, let's take uh, quickly before I sign off here, uh, visitors this weekend for the Gators. And let's uh, let's go headline it right quick. Um, linebacker Aaron Childs. Of course, linebacker from Maryland where Michigan is the main competition. He'll be on campus this weekend for the Gators. Uh, of course, Florida still in play for Chris Jones, but Michigan may be full at linebacker. With a recent commit, so that could help Florida here with Childs. I mean, as I said, guys, you know, it's uh, ideally in in a maybe best case scenario, Florida would take four linebackers, get Jones here, maybe get Childs here, along with Hayes and Graham, and Hayes can maybe be uh, a slash type, you know, linebacker edge guy. So you I mean, look for that. Uh, but with Chris Jones, you know, it looks well for the Gators, but we know how recruiting has kind of turned out the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's going to have to also take that visit to Georgia coming up. So certainly can't overlook that. So Childs on campus this week. Uh, Jones, Childs, your top two linebacker targets as we move forward right now. We'll see if anything comes of that. But Childs on campus this weekend. Uh, outside linebacker, uh, hurt could be edge as well. Jamonta Waller from Mississippi. Uh, of course, a good relationship with running back commit Kanan Daniels. Uh, he has officials so far with Auburn and Penn State. Florida sandwiched in there this weekend. Georgia, Texas, and AM supposed to be coming up as well. Uh, so Florida, right in the middle uh, of that string of visits. Finished his junior season, 106 tackles, 24 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks, one interception, one forced fumble, two fumble recoveries for Javante Waller. So he'll be on campus this week in as well. Of course, uh, so, so I'm just going to go through some of the headliners here. Cornerback Wardell Mack. Have a hard time seeing LSU not being the pick, but never know when you get them on campus. Uh, what you can do there. Uh, Josiah Davis, getter commit uh, at the safety position. He'll be on campus this week. Uh, Jamari Howard, of course, uh, making inroads right now for the Michigan State D commit. Florida, Florida State battle uh, looming here. This one's really just about, look, he's not making a decision anytime soon. It doesn't look like. Can you get him to change that? Maybe not. If you don't get him to change that, this is one you got to kind of start, you know, keeping it going. You know, whittle your way in there and keep Florida at, at the top of mind. If it's going to be a Florida, Florida State battle, uh, in-state battle, sell him over there where they can sell him in Tallahassee. 
Uh, one we got to bring up, too, still at the cornerback position, Teddy Foster uh, did receive a recent prediction on, on three for Florida to be his pick. Three-star cornerback from Sarasota. He can't recently, not long after getting an offer. Six-foot-two, 175-pound DB. Other programs of interest include USC, Miami, Tennessee, Michigan State, North Carolina, Oregon State, West Virginia, and obviously Florida here for Teddy Foster. So with that prediction from on three, him visiting this weekend, maybe one to look out for uh, as far as a commit coming this weekend for the Gators. Of course, Nasir Johnson, you can go back and listen to the last episode, probably on commit watch this week as well. The defensive tackle, I'd love to get him in the fold, get Florida some beef up front uh, in that defensive tackle role for the Gators. Desir Johnson talked more extensively about him in the last episode. Um, so guys can listen to that, of course. You probably remember talking about Nasir Johnson and everybody kind of looking out for him with crystal balls and predictions for him uh, to be a Florida Gator sometime soon. Named Florida his leader when he visited that Thursday before the first official visit weekend. Nasir Johnson, one to look out for. So there's just some defensive guys right now. Offensive visitors, uh, Tawaski Abrams, the FSU commit. He'll be in town this weekend. Uh, running back commit, Kanan Daniels, will be in attendance for his official visit this weekend to Gainesville. Tied in Amir Jackson. Just mentioned him, of course. Uh, went in depth about him, of course. So you got to really, I think, settle that one this weekend if you can. Uh, offensive line, of course, been hot topic this week. Two commits there for the Gators. Uh, but Fletcher Westfall, top 300 player from Virginia, of course, visited Georgia last week. And he mentioned, uh, I was reading an interview, I believe it was on three or 24 seven, one of them. Uh, but he mentioned last week being on Georgia's campus and came out and commented he was around when Bowens flipped from Florida to Georgia. So, you know, hopefully. Um, not one that sticks in his mind there. You know, probably one of Florida's best chances to get a higher-rated offensive lineman right here, a top 300 player. Uh, probably wouldn't pick Orlean, Florida right now. Hopefully the official visit can go a long way this weekend. So instead of coming off the Georgia visit, uh, Arkansas-Clemson, and I think is the school maybe to look out for right now, uh, in Auburn fighting the land Westfall. Uh, and then Ty Hilton, um, he's got a visit to Gainesville this weekend, sandwiched in between Miami and Florida State visits uh, from Avito. He's another offensive tackle in that 1,000 range, you know, recently kind of in line with what Florida has gotten this week along the offensive line. So Ty Hilton um, from Avito, from the state of Florida, on campus this weekend as well. So Kentucky commit. Um, uh, Aba Albaselm, I'll go with him. Offensive line, we'll see Florida anything with him. And there you go. So that's who's going to be on campus this weekend for the Gators. Offensive line guys, tight end Amir Jackson, Nasir Johnson, Aaron Childs, Jamari Howard. I think the guys that headline the visitors for and to, to finish out. You know, this week uh, or these three weeks and string of official visits for the Gators where still waiting on those big names, still waiting on those big names to pop. You know, the trend lately has been, you know, the offensive line commits this week, but losing out on Walter Matthews, Chauncey Bowen's flipping, TJ Moore committing to Clemson, wait for the big name to drop for Florida. All right, so there we go. Plenty. The guy, yeah, plenty, plenty to discuss right here. I mean, it is June, SEC helping us out right here with a, a schedule or an opponent release. 
So plenty to discuss right here in June. We will be talking plenty of recruiting anyway. Hey, look, normally around this time of year, it's been preseason magazines, and we're diving deep into those. Well, I got those. Uh, we're keeping that in our arsenal a little bit because we got plenty of recruiting to talk about. SEC helping us out with this opponent release. So, um, yeah, there we go. That's kind of what's coming up on the docket. We'll do heavy recruiting next week, of course, with all these official visits wrapping, wrapping up here in June. Friday Night Lights coming up soon for the Gators as well. That's been pushed to late June now instead of late July. All right, we'll see what that means for the Gators. And, you know, that's more for your next class, your 2025 class, uh, and getting those guys coming in and camping. Of course, you'll get some – you know, 24 headlines as well, but more for you know, kind of setting the stage for the, the 25 and future class. So, all right, there we go. Gators Breakdown listeners, bringing it to you right here. Right after the SEC announces the, the opponents, plenty of conversation going on there. But, yeah, that's how we do it right here on Gators Breakdown. Big news happening. Thank you guys for hopping on this live stream. If you're watching me on YouTube, hit that like button one more time. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. That'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.